Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Restoring Human podcast, where we believe humans were designed to flourish. Unfortunately, many modern conveniences prevent us from thriving, but through intentional lifestyle decisions, we can return to an optimal state of health. That might be the greatest I've ever nailed that intro. I'm Smoked J- it. I'm Jarek Bakken. I'm Dr. Alex Aguello. <laughs> uh, and today we're talking about stress. Yes, we are. Stress. Why you need more of it. Why you need more of it. Just, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this seems like an appropriate topic because like one of the one of the reasons why we've been so inconsistent lately is just because i mean it would just simply be an added level of stress to try to schedule in the hours to make this happen all the time yeah great topic to come back to i think because i've had to probably do a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today um just when thinking about that because i think you know, our intention when we first started this thing is because we've seen a need that was out there. People, uh, we felt like people needed to be educated on on how to to be healthy and stay healthy, and mm-hmm. we felt like we had some things to add to that discussion. So we really wanted to do it, and we were really into it at the beginning. And, and not that we're not into it now, but I think we just both realized that we have families and we have other jobs and we have right. lots it of stuff that comes into our life that keeps us from doing this and um when i think about man we're just not we're not doing shows we're not getting um information to people that that could have been stressful for me and it was stressful for me for a little bit but um yeah just kind of having a different perspective on it of you know i guess we're trying to not only teach people with our words but we're also trying to show them with our actions and if we would have just tried to add shows in it would have been stressful for us right absolutely we wouldn't have been a good example 100 percent. yeah i mean like i think this is also great because, so like I said, last, I can't even say last week's week, because it was a couple weeks ago, but last hour, we just moved, and so there's been all kinds of added levels of stress there, and I feel like in some things, done okay at trying to manage that stress, but like it's been a high stress kind of season for us, so... Yeah, I think this will be hitting very close to home. Yeah. No absolutely. pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, coming at you live from nap time at the Arguellos, by the way. Yeah, so <laughs> this show could get more stressful if Graham wakes up from his nap. <laughs> cool. So I think <clears throat> I think people understand that stress is not positive Mm -hmm. um and i think there's a general understanding that when we are stressed we tend to make compromised decisions and i think that's part of the reason why we would call stress something that's not super healthy but what about like what about stress is inherently like I guess maybe it's the question of what what's happening when we feel stress. Like, is is that the kind of technical term for what's going on in our bodies, or 
Uh, well, uh, I think what you're asking is what happens to our physiology when yeah. we're under stress. Yeah. Um, so what you said there about how when we're under stress, it, we make bad decisions, I think is what you just said. Right. Um, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that coming into how we, you know, we were going to go at this, but that's a that's a big deal. So that just makes stress even a bigger deal right. than what Cause we already... Because I think that's probably more commonly known is like, you know, people like quote-unquote emotional eaters or yeah. like that type of stuff is, I think that's pretty common. Yep. Yeah. So you're right. I would agree with you that most people understand that stress affects their health. Um, most people understand even like heart attacks. A lot of those are probably stress-induced or, um, you know, if you're not, or ulcers, people know that that's related to sure. stress, different things like that. But I think what most people don't understand is the, is the physiology behind it. Yeah. Like what actually is negative to your body when when you're under stress. And stress is, is very interesting. Um, I feel like there's three different parts to it. There is the good part of what happens with your physiology when you're under stress. I always tell the, um, or make the analogy when I'm doing talks about how, when I'm specifically speaking about stress, of like if if I was coming at you with a knife, hmm. um, you would have to do most likely you'd have to do one of two things if you're going to survive, um, which is what our body really is is designed to do. It's designed to to s- survive, to get out of any sort of stressful situation, situation of danger, to get into a better situation so that it can survive. Um, so you would have to run away from me, or you would have to fight me back, right? You have to defend yourself. So most people know that as the fight or flight response. That's also known as the stress response. So that's kind of um, terminology put to what happens with our physiology when we're under stress as mm-hmm. our body goes under this stress response. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's something good about that, right? If you are, right. Um, if you're in that kind of acute stress of me coming at you with a knife, you have to defend yourself or run away, then some things have to happen differently in your body for you to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Right, you have to have something go to your muscles to be able to use them to run away, something go to your muscles to be able to um, fight me back. So there's that part of the physiology that we'll get into, but the the bad stuff about stress is when you are always so basically think of it like this: like if I was always coming at you with mm-hmm. a knife and you just could not fight me back or you could not get away from me, but you're not dying. Yeah, you're just always in that state um, of trying to defend yourself and trying to survive. Um, and that's when all the things that happen in our body that are good short term with our physiology mm-hmm. become a problem because it's happening for so long. But then there's this other piece and we don't necessarily have to get into it. Um, maybe we can just do another show on it. Um, and it's something that I'm just learning about. So we would definitely need to do this at a later date so <laughs> I could study up on it more. But there's a term called hormesis. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, but hormesis is basically what the body goes through when it's under a little bit of stress. After it goes through that stress, it becomes stronger. It becomes better. Sure. So basic example of it would be we would be lifting weights, which is not good for our muscles. Right. But the breakdown of our muscles, our body responds to that, and then we have a good result. Right. So that would be a form of um, hormesis. So that's still stress, right? We stress our muscles so that good things can happen later. Mm-hmm. We know the same thing happens with our immune system. We know the same thing happens with potentially our uh, digestive system. All of these things can right. happen, and we can improve. 
But as far as how it can negatively affect your health, it's that second thing that I talked about. It's not the short-term stuff. That's fine. Our bodies know how to do that. But it's the long-term mm-hmm. um, stress that really is going to, to cause us a problem. And really, it just gets back to what we've talked about before, that term homeostasis. Mm-hmm. So kind of the definition of stress is, is the basic definition of stress is just anything that takes you away from homeostatic function, cell function. Yeah. Um, if you are away from homeostasis, then your body just can't regulate you internally. And if it's not doing that long term, then that's how disease processes happen. Um, symptoms happen before disease, and then a collection of symptoms ends up being a disease. And then again, unfortunately, how we deal with those type of things in our modern society is we just address that particular disease or that particular symptom. We never actually get to the underlying problem, which was the actual stress that you were under. Sure. Okay. So going back just a little bit, would you say that in many cases for us to create change, stress is usually like one of the first things that happens? Like... So we were talking about, like, muscle adaptation. Mm -hmm. Put under stress, respond, like, become stronger. But I'm even thinking of, like, emotional adaptation, you know? Like, we're... A lot of times we're, we're, you know, we're not equipped to deal with any type of situation, you know, from the womb. So yeah. we have to go through some type of stress response, like a stressful situation for then us to respond and change and grow and be able to like adapt and deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like constant stress is like that's what we're saying is definitely there's problems there and that's kind of where we're going to be going. But it's almost like a complete absence of all stress would eventually get you to the point where like yeah. you're always going to be experiencing something cuz you're never you're never like engaging with it. Right. Yeah, that's a good point and um I think kind of what with health you don't really ever stay the same. So not only are we not getting better and stronger but we're actually getting worse right. we're not going to stay yeah. the same. Yeah. Um so that hormesis thing that there has like a it's basically a U-shaped curve so if there's not enough of it, then you're not going to be healthy. Yeah. But if you have way too much of it, then you're going to be very, very sick too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of finding that balance of, yes, we need to be under some sort of stress so that our body can respond, continue to grow, repair from the damage that that small stress gives us. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we, yeah, if we don't have any of that sort of stuff, then we're never growing and repairing. Right. I'm thinking of like, you know, we've, we've, talked many times about how being sedentary is while you're avoiding the stress of any type of movement it doesn't take long until you're experiencing this whole other realm of stress because you weren't experiencing this type of stress that your body's made to deal with and then you know taking that even further if you're sedentary sitting right here on this couch by yourself lock all the doors not interacting with anybody, you're avoiding a lot of a certain type of relational stress, but like 
boxing yourself in and like there's it's it's like if you don't engage with a certain amount of stress you're going to create more essentially uh uh, yeah i mean and i guess worse types of it so the actual word stress was i think coined by a physiologist named hans selly selly or something like that and he i think he comes up with like four different stages of the stress response Mm -hmm. or like what a stress stressor does to you and uh you know, in that first stage is is kind of basically our body adapting to whatever's happening to us, um, which some you could if you're just basing everything off of symptoms, you could say that that's bad. Like, wh- how why were we designed like that? That's not a very good response to stress. But what he shows is if that didn't happen, then that first initial stress would kill us. Mm. We wouldn't be able to survive it at all. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the kind of chronic disease processes, chronic issues from something like being sedentary or not eating healthy or not sleeping, all the things that we always talk about, um, your body is trying to adapt to that stress and become better. But because you always are in this stressful state, it never becomes better and eventually is going to break down. Uh-huh. But if your body, that's not a bad thing that your body's doing. It's your body's trying um, because if it wasn't doing that and the body wasn't amazing, then you know, just sitting down and not doing anything would kill you right away, or not eating healthy would kill you right away, or yeah. some sort of toxin would kill you right away because you have no ability to respond to the stress that you're under. Huh. Yeah, so if you're not ex- being exposed to stress, form different forms of stress, you're going to have a lot more problems down the road. I would agree with that that statement that you said there. All right, what is it? What is what? <laughs> what what's actually what's actually happening? Yeah, so when our bodies experience some sort of a stressor, I always say that there's different forms of stress. There's physical stressors, um, like sitting all day long, not moving. Um, there is like car accidents would be a mm-hmm. physical stressor. There's brain trauma. All those different things are physical stressors. Um, there's infections in our body. Those are physical stressors. Then there's chemical stressors. That would be like environmental toxins. That would be mm-hmm. um, even byproducts that our bodies make um, in response to um, detoxing, different things like that. And then, of course, there's emotional stressors, things that are affecting us emotionally, mentally, psychologically. All of those things do the same exact thing. They, they put us in that stress response. They put our, there's hormones, certain hormones that are released when we're under those things that cause different physiology to happen mm-hmm. than what homeostatic physiology would be considered. So our heart rate is at a certain level when we're under homeostasis. Our blood pressure is at a certain level. Our temperature is at a certain level. Our digestive system is working at a certain level. Our immune system is functioning well. All of these things are are functioning the way they're supposed to when we're not under this stress. But as soon as we are under any of those three forms of stress, emotional, chemical, physical, Mm -hmm. those things change. So our heart rate would go up. Sure. Our blood pressure would go up. Our temperature might go up or down based off of what the stressor is. Our digestive system most of the time slows down. Our immune system slows down or even completely stops. Different neurotransmitters like serotonin, which is the one that's you know most people know of as the dep- depression or anxiety mm-hmm. type um, neurotransmitter, all of those things decrease. They downregulate. So again, you would look at that, um, just all those things, your heart rate being up, your blood pressure being up, your immune system um, suppressing, and blood sugar, I didn't mention that, your blood sugar goes up. All those things are, that's people that have heart disease, that's people that have 
um, high risk of cancer, that's people that have diabetes, that's people that are at risk for Alzheimer's disease. All of the things that we want to completely stay away from when we're under stress, those things happen. So again, you would say, why would that be the case? Well, again, if we just think about it, go back to kind of how the body's designed and that example of coming at you with a knife, if you if I come at you with a knife and you have to run away from me or you have to attack me back, then you need blood supply to your muscles. You need blood sugar in your in, you need sugar in your blood to get to those muscles so that they can actually use. So what happens? Your heart rate goes up to be pump out more blood. Mm -hmm. Your blood pressure goes up because it, the m the vessels are constricting to get more blood supply out there. Mm -hmm. Your digestive system goes down because you don't need to digest food when you're trying to run away from me right. or fight me back. Right. Your immune system goes down because you don't need to fight bacteria or viruses uh -huh. or you know any sort of pathogen because uh -huh. in order for you to survive, you need all the energy that your body has to go to fighting me back or, or running away from me. So again, you're trying to, this goes back to the whole environmental stuff, right? It's our body's not stupid. We, it's not genetics, right? It's not how our body was designed that causes us to have problems. It's most likely the environment that we're in that leads to the problems that, that we actually have. Mm -hmm. If I'm under a stressful environment, I have all those things, which are bad things, right? Long-term, short-term, they're good things so that I can get myself into a better environment. And then now I can thrive and not just survive. The problem is our, even though our, our genes are the same in this stressful environment or the not stressful environment, in a kind of a away from homeostasis state under stress or in homeostasis when we're out of stress. Um, those things don't change or genes don't change, but the environment is the thing that's changing. Yeah. And over time it's your response, your body's ability to respond to that environment. That's going to cause you to either get healthier to, to become sick. So that's the kind of physiology behind and the why behind the physiology of what really happens. Yeah. Okay. So there's, literally a handful of different directions you can go from that. <laughs> but essentially, and I think those things are what is common for us to be, you know, experiencing in our environment and in our life that's putting us in this state. And then from that state, something that become somewhat constant because of all of these stressors, then when somebody does, quote-unquote, come at you with a knife in the form of disease and infection and all these things, it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're not prepared to, like, have that response towards those things because you're already responding to all this other junk. Yeah, and that would go back to those different steps that that, that physiologist came up with. So if you get to kind of step three, you're always at step three already, mm -hmm. and then more stress comes, you're going to get to step four a lot faster mm -hmm. where, you know, we can't adapt anymore. Mm -hmm. That's when the body completely breaks down and has disease and eventually dies way sooner than we're supposed to. So, yeah, if you're always in this kind of state of chronic stress, when a big stressor happens, it's just going to overcome you for sure. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, not encouraging. Not encouraging at all. <laughs> I don't know what other questions you were going to ask there, but if we just kind of 
now take a step back and look at kind of common symptoms that people have yeah. and relate it back to that stress response. Well, we know a ton of people have high blood pressure, right? Mm-hmm. We know a ton of people have suppressed immune systems. That's why people have so many colds and flus and, and cancers, the, the number two cause of death in, in the United States. And all experts, all even traditional medical experts would say cancer is an immune system disease, a suppressed immune system. Um, things like depression and anxiety. When you're under stress, those neurotransmitters get all thrown off. Fatigue, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, all those things that have to do with fatigue and pain, those are just based off of the hormones and neurotransmitters that are being released when we're under stress. So, again, we we tend to look at things from a symptomatic point of view. What's the symptom? How can I get out of the symptom? Instead of coming all the way over here and saying, okay, well, what is what is leading my physiology to end up where I have fatigue or I have digestive problems or I have an immune system problem. And that's really what, what we want to be addressing. Yeah. So to kind of peel back some layers there, you named off this list of common symptoms people are probably familiar with that are typically coming from some type of stress response. Mm-hmm. Then the the go-to solution is typically to treat them, you know, medicate them and potentially create some other stress responses because of that type of treatment. Yeah. Tracking. So if we go back and say, okay, we see we see these symptoms, you know, the whole list you just had. What are like what are some of the most common things you see as far as the actual stressors that have put people into these positions? Yeah, um well most of them are most of them are chemical stressors that just add they either add up a ton or there's just one of them that's um extremely detrimental to, to somebody's health. Um but unfortunately just people that, that come in to, to see me, they have forms of all the different stressors. Sure. Physical, chemical, sure. emotional. But some big ones for the chemical stressor would be if you have some sort of a food sensitivity or food mm-hmm. allergy. Mm-hmm. Um, gluten, again, is the, the big one that most people are um, now sensitive to, and some people are even uh, allergic to it. People have some sensitivities to proteins that are in found in dairy products. Um, any sort of processed food, of course, um, some big ones, though, are like the artificial colorings, mm-hmm. like the red dyes, yellow dyes, those type of things, MSG. Um, we we hit on in our last show the whole GMO discussion, mm-hmm. and but part of that discussion was glyphosate, which is a, the um, active ingredient in the Roundup that they spray on um, the weeds and stuff. That's a f- huge chemical stressor for, for a lot of people. Um, so those are kind of the, the chemical stressors, and I'm sure I missed a bunch of them there. But uh, but then just the, the emotional stuff, you know, anything like um, for moms having a baby, being in pregnancy, that can be a, a, a big stressor for mm-hmm. them. Um, trying to raise kids is a then big stressor yeah, for, say, for people. Pregnancy, then you get handed this little screaming demon. Yeah, exactly. Um, deaths in families is a huge one. Um, divorces, any sort of, you know, emotional trauma that happens in people's lives yeah and i think again people 
even though they don't understand the physiology and maybe the the depth of the I don't know what that was the depth of the, the um, negative effect on their bodies that you know eating unhealthy like specifically mm-hmm. things like if you are sensitive to gluten eating gluten how that affects you I think people could kind of understand that and, and know that okay well I just need to stop eating gluten and that would be an answer to it mm-hmm. but the emotional stuff is super tough right because you might yeah. not even understand how it actually has negatively affected you. Mm-hmm. One of my mentors, um, he passed away from cancer about a year ago or so. He fought it for like five years, and um, it was some form of brain cancer called multiple myeloma, which is one of the um, most difficult cancers to, to beat, and I think only like a few people ever have, have survived the five years that, that he has. So he did a lot to to try to beat it, mm-hmm. and he was probably from the kind of the list of things that we talk about as far as eating healthy and um, taking care of your spine and nervous system, exercising, stress management, all those different things. Mm-hmm. He was probably the, the picture of all of that. He did it better than anybody that I know. Um, but the one thing, t- I guess two things that I, that I could see in his life, the one thing that I could see in his life, but the other thing is something that he shared, is he was always just go, 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 yeah. never rested. Yep. Never rested. Um, so he was, even though he, w- he enjoyed it, what he was doing, um, it was still a form of a stress, right? Like where he, where he should have did that, let his body respond, and then got better. But if you never slow down, yeah, you never your body never gets better. It just continues to, to be in that um, stressful state. But then he also, what he shared is um, he had just relational issues with his dad growing up, mm-hmm. and he never worked through it. Yeah, And he said, I just I knew it was there, but I just never did anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, that was the, the biggest thing that he attributed to why he was, why he eventually succumbed to, to that. Cause he was doing everything possible to be able to, yeah like everything that most experts to say, this is how you prevent cancer. And if you get it, this is what you do to, to get your body healing. He did all of it. He spent, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to make it happen. But he said, this is the biggest issue. And he just never d- really knew how to address that sort of thing. So the emotional trauma thing, mm-hmm. that is huge. Um, and it's, it's difficult to identify even so especially with something like that like and i think american culture definitely like no matter who you are like it's so easy to get into that type of lifestyle and like not feel the stress that's actually happening because like a lot of people enjoy it. It's like a drug. Yeah. Like it, it feels good to go and work and produce and like to see things happen. Mm-hmm. And like it, it can, you can, you can be happy, but still in an extremely stressful environment, yeah. you know, like I'll, I'll speak for myself even like, I know that like, naturally i'm drawn to that and i think you know getting married having kid after kid after kid like every every one of those steps it's been like okay like i've been able to you know i have more people in my life that i'm considering when i'm making decisions and it's like okay i can't only think about what i would choose to be doing and it it has been a lot of a stepping 
back and like having to make intentional decisions to slow down and not always be doing something because it's it isn't just like what might feel good for me and has allowed me to see like wow that's super dangerous because it's like when you're in the midst of it it doesn't feel bad at all you right. know right yeah and i would say with um for me when i if i ever have any sort of bout with my digestive stuff anymore it primarily it's um it can be any type of stressor all those physical chemical emotional stressors mm-hmm. um I could probably actually even think of specific times when it was each of those things. Yeah. Um, but it's more than likely some sort of an emotional or psychological mm-hmm. issue that's going on that causes me to, to have these symptoms. Because I'll just, my diet will be super clean. Of course, I'm exercising. Um, you know, I'm sleeping well. All these things are that you know, we think of as a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing. And then all of a sudden, I'll start having gut issues. And I'm yep. like, what the heck is going on? And then I, when I think about it, I'm something that is pressing in on me that I feel under pressure, I guess, mm-hmm. to do um, is what's leading to these emotional, stressful yeah. s- you know, um, situations, which is causing that stress response to go off in my body and then leading to my gut issues again. And that might be something I'm completely blind to. Like, I don't feel like it's like I don't feel depressed. I'm mm-hmm. not losing sleep over it, anything mm-hmm. like that. But just internally, what's going on, my physiology responding in a in a negative way. So. Yep. So I want to definitely hit on some of the things that I know both of us have kind of created in just our regular rhythms of life that help to deal with that. But first, going back to the chemical stressors, uh-huh. uh, like I said, we could easily, I mean, I feel like we have done a decent amount talking about some of the nutritional things that can cause that stress but what what are some other you know environmental factors that are going to cause that type of chemical stress besides food besides food um well the easiest way to put it is anything that's going in or on your body mm-hmm. um can can lead to to that sort of thing um, that can be from a form of a medication, that can be from a form of some sort of supplement you're taking, that can be us being in, indoors where we're exposed to the fumes of paint, um, air fresheners, cologne, all of these different things that have chemicals in them specifically that our body has just not been exposed to enough to kind of go through that hormesis effect, mm-hmm. right? Um we haven't been exposed to this glyphosate stuff that we talked about in our last show enough to be able to get any sort of benefit from it. So right now it's, it's detrimental Mm -hmm. to our health. Um, there is, did you know, and I don't know exactly why, um, we can maybe post it later, but one of the most toxic things, um, that we're exposed to pretty much on a daily basis is receipts. Really? Like the ink on there? It's, I think it's the ink, but also just the material that it's, that it's on, huh. um, that makes a receipt. Um, wow, good, so good thing I tell them to keep it. Yeah, <laughs> I have it emailed to you or something like that. Um, but yeah, then there's you mean stuff in the environment. Um, how we're on our way up to Minnesota, the competition that we did a couple weeks ago, a week and a half ago or so. I can't remember what town we were going through, but it was some town in Iowa, and we just look over, 
And I was like, man, that's a huge cloud. And I'm like, wait, that's coming out of a big pipe. That's not a cloud <laughs> at all. It was just this huge thing of smog just coming out of this factory. Yeah. So that stuff, you know, people live in that community. Right. And that stuff's happening to them every single day. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's a ton of different chemicals that, yeah. that are happening. Yeah. So I think there's, like, within that spectrum there's a number of different things that we're going to eventually dive into a lot deeper. So what's crazy though is, so it can start with that. So, right. If you're exposed to some sort of a chemical stressor, let's just say diet, right. You're not eating what you're supposed to be eating. So the form of toxicity, and then there's also deficiencies, um, a chemical stressor. What, what that's going to lead to is more than likely four things in the body. It's going to lead to oxidative stress, which means it's producing free radicals, um, which we we don't I think we've talked about that a little bit before, but mm-hmm. um, basically it just damages our our DNA and our cells. Um, it can lead to insulin resistance, so our body's not be our cells not being able to take in insulin anymore. Um, it can lead to inflammation, which again most experts are saying 98% of all chronic diseases is, is starts at, with inflammation, and then it can lead to catabolic activity, just meaning breakdown of our of our tissues. So those four things all can be from a chemical stressor. But then those four things in in themselves are now a stressor right. to the body. I guess you could call that a physical stressor, just an internal physical stressor because now there's inflammation, there's yeah. oxidative stress, yeah. there's all these things. And then those l- lead to breakdown in different systems in our body. The three main systems are like our hormonal system or our uh, what's called our neuroendocrine system, like our neurotransmitters and our hormones. It can break down our digestive system, which is extremely important. And then it can break down our body's ability to detox. So things like the liver, the kidneys, and um, those type of things. So just a basic chemical stressor that we're exposed to all the time now leads to more physical stressors. And then if it's affecting your neurotransmitters, like that neuroendocrine system, mm-hmm. now you're depressed and, and anxious. And then now you're not able to ex- um, respond to things that would be maybe a little bit stressful to you right. emotionally. Right. Now they become huge emotional stressors. Yeah. I and think now it's just this huge thing that's going on where you have all three of those different stressors keeping you in that physiology. I think people can feel that for sure. Yep. One thing that's, I mean, I, 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 I know that I understand it, but I think it's something that I don't know that we've necessarily just stated flat out is with a lot of these... <laughs> things that we're kind of pinpointing as they can be, you know, these causes of stress. A lot of people are familiar with most of them individually. And one response I know I hear from people is like take take the gluten thing for example. You know, somebody hears that gluten can cause problems and they see on this list of problems that, oh, I experienced that. Let me cut out gluten and you know, go on this gluten-free diet and see if it fixes my problems. Yeah. doesn't fix my problems. That's a bunch of baloney. The reality is there's so much that is compounding on our environments and the environment of our body that it's like, yes, these things individually are problems but like typically when symptoms arise it's because we've got most of the time 
many, many, many different things coming on us and like creating that stress and putting us in that environment where we're susceptible to, you know, experience these symptoms. Right. Right. So I guess what I'm hearing you say is that doesn't mean that you should, you can go back to start eating gluten again. Right. right. Yeah. (laughs) Or Um, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. I think that's why you, you have to, you can't just say, um, if your goal is to get healthy and to stay healthy, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to really focus on nutrition and just eat, eat healthy Mm -hmm. and then never sleep and never exercise and, and sit all day long and different things like that. That's why it's, you know, it's a whole lifestyle that, that needs to happen. Yeah. And then if you are in a sick state, it's, it's addressing every single one of those things so that your body can get back to that homeostatic cell function. Uh huh. Here's probably a better example I just thought of. Um, we haven't talked about this really at all yet, I don't think, but essential oils. Mm-hmm. So often I've, you know, I've seen countless times where, you know, somebody will get like, oh, I've got X, Y, Z symptom going on. You know, asking your wife or whoever, is is there an essential oil I can use to help for this? And they'll get the recommendation. They'll try it, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm still feeling the same thing." Yeah. Because what we're used to is like this medication, this you know pharmaceutical, whatever, to directly address that symptom and do something with that symptom. Right. When, you know, the the good thing about an essential oils is not going to create that stress then that that pharmaceutical or whatever is going to create outside of just treating that symptom. Like not understanding that there's all this other stuff that's like causing this this symptom to arise. Yeah. And <laughs> it's it's not just about... Yeah, I that that's that's probably a a better example of like not seeing the full picture. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the other way that example could be used is if you do have a problem and then you do use an essential oil and it actually works to get rid of your symptom, now you ignore potentially what True. Led, to, led to that problem because True. now you just have to put peppermint oil on your head <laughs> all day long. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, yeah. And that right. goes that goes back right. to uh because because like you know it's a it's a good alternative to using something that's going to create more stress. It's like we shouldn't have to have these certain things. We should be able to live life in a way that you know, we don't need anything outside of what we're, you know, naturally coming in contact with. But when we do have those situations, we've got these things like essential oils or, you know, there's plenty of other categories that we can kind of create lateral shifts to use instead but the point is it's going to be it's going to have less of a negative effect that you know some of the more common solutions would have right but the but the philosophy behind it is what we're speaking to right and that goes back to what we talked about um in the episode where we went through kind of three different forms of healthcare that we need you know that something like an essential oil is um you know part of that reactionary form of healthcare. So you can't just avoid the environmental part of healthcare and 
then just re react to everything with whether that's a medication or that's a natural supplement or that's an essential oil or you know whatever you're going to be using mm -hmm. we have to be w addressing all of those different forms of yeah health care yeah yep and stress is how we respond to stress requires all three of those things mm -hmm. we have to create an environment as much as we possibly can so that we're minimizing the amount of stress that we come across we have to respond to that stress in a certain way to minimize the effects that happens. And then we have to have that adaptive form of healthcare so that our body can adapt to the stress in a better way so that we're not overcome. Right. Yeah. I mean, so you referenced that. I think that one episode, whatever it is, number five or something. Yeah. Like, I think that really best kind of gives this big picture because like while you know certain types of pain killers or like things that you might go to for any small issue like when you do get attacked with a knife and it somehow you know slices your arm off those things that might have you know some type of negative effect to preserve your life in that moment, like yeah. that's going to be the best option. <laughs> right. You know, it's not like it's not like you're thinking about, oh, you know, it's gonna have these other negative effects. Well, you dying is going to be a worse negative effect than you know, what relieving some of that pain to be able to operate on you. Like right. you know. Right. The, well the dying for sure, but like <laughs> even even suffering, I guess yeah. there's times when that needs to happen because again just related to back to the stress if we don't maybe relieve that suffering then that's just going to be a, a right. third form of stress that just makes everything else worse yeah so yeah weighing oh. i guess um whether you know so putting something unnatural or chemical in your body to get rid of that suffering might be a better choice than avoiding it because you don't want to put that something that's going to cause stress in your body mm -hmm. because you want to um, avoid chemicals well if you're suffering that's just going to be a just as detrimental in your body, then the chemicals would be probably even more detrimental. So that's when those things would be necessary. Yeah. Another little thing I know I've heard people say before is when people who have any type of uh, resistance towards something like fasting and like wondering what the difference between intentional fasting and like actual starvation is because we definitely say starvation is you know, a negative stress on the body. Mm -hmm. And so how do you draw the line between something like that? To where like how much stress it's going to cause in your body? Yeah. Or what do you yeah. Yeah. Like um, intentionally fasting. Well, yeah, I guess that would be, so that is a form of potentially a physical stress to the body, right? Our bodies mm -hmm. um, are designed to take in nutrients and mm -hmm. to, that's how we have energy. Um, so if we deprive ourselves from nutrients, that potentially could be a physical um, stress where if that's long-term um, and unintended, then that's going to be a huge physical stress to the body. But it's also going to be a psychological, emotional stress to the body. Sure. So it's sure. kind of combining both of those where if you're fasting um, and you're doing it for the right reason and you, uh, you know, I guess have the right mindset on it, then it should just be potentially that physical stress, mm -hmm. not that emotional stress. And hopefully it's in a in a way where it has that hormetic effect where you're stressing your body enough to where when you come out of it, yeah, you're gonna grow and deal deal with right the other stress better. 
where starvation's not not going to be that because you're yeah you know the, those two stressors but even when you come out of it just the emotional stress is still there i think mm-hmm. from that so you're going to continue to have negative effects mm-hmm. yeah for sure so i think a lot of these categories are things that we're going to dive into a lot deeper at future times um but with that emotional piece um something that when you were talking about what's his butt i don't even know his name i know what you're talking about but the uh, brain cancer guy yeah um when you're talking about him and (laughs) being able to like being able to have a heightened awareness of things that you might not necessarily be able to see on your own. Like one of the things that I know both of us have as just kind of a weekly rhythm of life is living life with other people who have eyes on your life and what you're doing and you're sharing life with people and being like, they are able to, you know, see some things that, we don't always see ourselves mm-hmm. and have eyes on those things that, um, you know, could be stress and whatever. But like, I think the, the point of it is like, there's kind of this system and this way that we go about living life that kind of has essentially like safeguards against like the extreme essentially. Yeah. And that's, I, I know that's one of the ways that we, um, kind of combat that certain degree of you know emotional stress. Yeah, um, you know, and we have plenty of reasons to to do that. But just to speak to how I guess how it would help this sort of thing is I feel like it's um, living like that is is in alignment with the way that we were created. So just like we need food to be healthy or to survive first, but then also to be healthy, we need to be exercising, we need to be moving, we need to sleep, all those things. That's how we were created. So we need to have those things if we're going to be healthy. Well, we also feel like we were created for relationships Mm -hmm. um, and to live in community. So if we are not having those things, we're isolating ourselves, um, then we're just not living in alignment with the way we're created. So, of course, bad things are are going to happen. So, yes, if you're living in community, um, you're you're involved in those relationships, which has a plenty of just speaking to to health benefits. Has plenty of health benefits, um, but yeah, if you're not doing that, you're gonna miss the whole thing of if you are dealing with something, some sort of emotional, psychological stressor that you don't identify. You're also keeping yourselves from the way that we feel like God's given us t- so that they can be identified, mm-hmm. um, which is other people in our life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's we we do we make sure that that is built into our life as a, a weekly rhythm yeah. that we're, or I guess we shouldn't say weekly, da- daily well, right. people are right. in our lives and seeing what's going on. So, and, and again, not just for that specific purpose, but that's a benefit of living life with other people is mm-hmm. they can, um, and that can happen just with your spouse. Um, that c- potentially could even happen with your kids. Um, they can identify things oh, or, or yeah. how you responding to them could help you identify things that maybe is going on. For sure. Um, but also hopefully you have some close close friends that are in your life that can um, either see things or are intentionally asking you questions about how things are going instead of just the, you know, how you doing? And everybody says, yeah, great. Fine. Live, <laughs> live in the dream. Those type of things. 
you can hopefully be real with people and that's how you can kind of uh be intentional about avoiding stress emotional stress problems from happening in your life got some good comments here sam this was really early on it said standing up now when we were talking about nice movement phil trying to ah shoot we are creating stress for phil trying to read your t-shirt backwards stresses me out <laughs> 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 and i'm assuming this has something to do with that receipts comment thermal paper iowa what i don't know anyway cool uh anything else to add there at the end um i got five tips oh yeah get we want to try to get practical let's do it they're not super specific, um, but maybe we can just add to them as I'm going through here. Kay. Number one I would say is, so these are practical tips. Hopefully you guys can walk away um, having listened to the show with something because I know we got into some pretty deep stuff there. So takeaways. Number one would be identify. So that's what you got to do first. Identify known sources of stress that can be eliminate, eliminated from your life mm-hmm. and eliminate them. Right? Um, so if that's, if you know... <laughs> That's you have a relationship that's, a, that's, that's a super statement. stressful. <laughs> <laughs> if you know that um, whatever, you sitting all day long is mm-hmm. a, a stress, so you know about it, then eliminate Man, it. Yeah. Try to minimize it. That would be the number one thing. So this kind of goes to, this kind of hits home for me in a potentially a more practical way than, you know, the doctor over here. While, like, while I may not completely understand, like, the ins and outs of all the decisions that I'm making, like, I understand that a lot of the typical, you know, normal way of life is not beneficial. And so, like, I understand that at just kind of this macro level. And so, like, that first point is, like, I may not totally get everything that's going on, you know, when I stand instead of sit on my butt all day, but I get that that is something that I can very, very easily just eliminate. I can try to stand more, you know, and I can go down the list of, you know, I might not know exactly what is going on when that, you know, gluten goes into my gut and starts messing around with stuff. But I know that, okay, the more I avoid it, limit my exposure to it, it's a good idea. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I said eliminate. So if there there are things that you know absolutely you can eliminate, then do that. But if there's mm-hmm. things that, you know, let's just at least start working to minimize those those type of things. Yeah. Second thing would be identify unknown, unknown sources of stress and make them pl- a plan to address them. So that would be kind of what we were just talking about. Like if maybe there is, so especially if you're having some sort of symptoms, mm-hmm. if you're not in a good state of health, then, and you're doing lots of good things, right? You've started exercising, you've started um, eating healthy, you know your sleep is good, then saying, okay, well maybe what's, what's am I going through emotionally? What is psychologically? Am I telling myself every single day? Those type of things that you don't even know are sources of stress for you. So just take some time to think about that, identify some of those things. Yeah, I think that ties in well with what we talk about with education. Like we continue to learn, like even you're talking right now about like new things that you're learning and understanding about how like the nuances of how this plays out in the body, like for 
you know, me, I know that, okay, you know, it start, started with the food I was eating. Well, changing to eating a lot more vegetables. Well, that meant like, hey, it's super easy to grab a steam bag of broccoli from the frozen food section. Huge, huge improvement from what I was eating. But then, oh, I probably shouldn't like always be throwing this in the microwave every day. And like just kind of progressively yeah. understanding like deeper and deeper the types of things that can you know, be a negative influence. Yep, absolutely. So those are kind of the two things that uh, if you ha- – so those are sh- forms of stress that we can just try to, again, b- the environment thing. Right now we're in a state of a stressful environment. Let's put ourselves into a, an unstressful environment. But then there's there's also the piece of there's things that we can't avoid. So how can we actually reduce the amount of negative effects that our body experiences from that stress? So that's what these next next things are. So to reduce the harmful effects of stress that can't be avoided um, by just, especially these are, I guess, speaking to psychological or emotional type things, um, would be receiving them and then actually taking time to, instead of just your natural response to them, which is probably going to be negative, of actually saying, okay, well, is my perspective on this correct? Or mm-hmm. if you don't feel like you can even do that, then that's when, again, what we just talked about. You have people in your life that can look at you and have these conversations with you, or you can be sw- talking to your spouse, or some people need a professional to do that that sure. sort of thing. Sure. Um, but actually, instead of just day by day, just flying by, letting all these stressful things hit you and never addressing them, um, it's not like you can just leave your job if your boss is, you know, if, if this is the job that you have, mm-hmm. it's not like you're just going to leave because your boss is causing you stress. Or <laughs> you have three kids, I have five kids, right? If they're causing us stress, we can't just say, let's get rid of our <laughs> kids. So it's actually saying, okay, well, why is this making yeah, me stressful? for an hour or two, but yeah. <laughs> Which is all, yeah, that's a form of minimizing that stress. Right. Uh, but, you know, why is this stressful for me? How can I, is my perspective right on this? How can I respond differently to that? Mm-hmm. Those sort of things Yeah. would be... Yeah. The, the third thing. Yeah. Fourth thing would be actually practicing stress management techniques. Um, and I don't necessarily like the word technique, <laughs> but um, sorry, my wife is texting me. So let me keep re- minimize some of her stress and respond to her real quick. <laughs> um, so that would stress be stress technique. So think how you wife. think about this is we walk in, we go into our day every day and we're under stress. Right. Again, physical, emotional, chemical stresses that are coming at us every single day. That's really we can minimize it, but we can't necessarily eliminate all of it. So there's those are all going to have this negative effect on our body. So then now we have to do some things, intentional things that put us into more of a, a, I guess, a peaceful state or a less stressed state or from a physiology perspective would be a parasympathetic state instead of a sympathetic state. So instead of gas pedal all the time, it's brake pedal sometimes, right? So that's scheduling some sort of day of rest or time of rest every single day. Mm-hmm. That is uh, focusing on your breathing, taking time to actually get quiet, breathe deeply, those type of things. This is where that whole adaptive healthcare that we talked about yeah. comes in, where yeah. chiropractic, how it helps. The number one purpose of chiropractic is to address misalignments in your sp- of your spine that are keeping your body in that stress response, keeping your body in that sympathetic state 
by getting adjusted, it puts you into that parasympathetic state, so it relieves or uh, improves your body's ability to respond, to adapt to the stressors that you're that you're under. Um, this is pr where prayer would come in. Um, this would be where meditation would come in, um, and not not necessarily meditation like you know Eastern meditation where you're you know trying to put your body or your mind clear your mind of things. It's just getting quiet, right? Yeah. M your mind can be full of things. Your mind could even be agitated during mm -hmm. this, but it's actually taking time to allow thoughts to happen, process those thoughts, again, talk about those thoughts, thoughts, whatever it is. These are kind of daily things I feel like we, we really should be doing. Yeah. And then the last one would be a good practical step um, that is, for some reason, very difficult for me to do, but I always try to do it, is starting your day and ending your day in gratitude. Sure. So just before you wake up or before you wake up <laughs> before you actually get up is just you thinking have, about okay what's you have to tell me how you do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's something that you are thankful for right what's something that you're grateful for that takes you that immediately takes you out of stress right there's no possible way that you could truly be thankful and grateful for something while you're pissed off about something or while yeah. you're angry or while you're you know feeling guilty whatever yep. it is that kind of is a way to just shift the way that you're thinking there and then ending your day um, with it, whether, you know, whether it's what you're thankful to God for, what you're thankful about your wife, what you're thankful about your kids, what you're thankful about to have work that you're not living in Puerto Rico or Dominican Republic right now where there's hurricanes uh -huh. and Mexico where there's earthquakes and there's plenty of stuff that we could kind of shift our mind. Um, and not that we shouldn't even allow those things to come at us and process those feelings. We definitely need to be doing that, right? We need to emote. We need to have feelings and express them properly. But um, when we're talking about is it going to cause you stress, yes, it's going to cause you stress. How can you respond to that so you don't become unhealthy is gratitude is a huge thing. For sure. For, that. for sure. That's what I got. Cool. Um, yeah. As you were listing off those you know, last few tips, I definitely thought of a few uh, resources for people. The the breathing stuff, that last one, a, a book came to mind, so I'll try to link some of that stuff in the comments and descriptions and stuff, but cool. That's my alarm to pray for my kids right there. Nice. Set, set alarms to slow down. That's how you're intentional. So, in the... Uh, just to hit on this real quick, if you like heard what we said and you're like, yes, I need to do that. I need to identify the chemical, emotional, physical stressors. And um, maybe you have identified those, but you just don't know how to address them and, and you want help. Um, that's definitely something that I'm just getting into doing some health type coaching for people, mm -hmm. um, helping them be able to come up with specific plans of how to address some of these things. So um I do 15-minute free consultations for people. So if you'd like to do that, you can call Great River Family Chiropractic, 309-764-3613. Impressive. Thank you. <laughs> um, to do that. So cool. love to help you. Cool. Um, what are we going to hit on next? Um, something about health. Amen. Sleep? I was going to say, I think, I think I wanted to do sleep after this one because – Kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for listening in. See you guys next time.